0: This is The Two halves with Amanda Shalala and Matt Lowe, on ABC Grandstands Digital.
1: Quick hands across the field, it goes away to Merritt, and Merritt in! Merit- in! He's the leading try scorer already with three, and Souths are on their way. It's 26-4, kick the come.
0: Ah, The beautiful sounds of Rugby League back for another season. Hello, I'm Amanda Shalala for the first edition of the Two Halves for Season 2013. Joining me as co-host this year is Matt Logue from Rugby League Week. Matt, welcome.
2: Good afternoon, Amanda. Good afternoon, listeners. Fantastic to be back. Rugby League last night was sensational. The South Sydney Rabbitohs, comprehensive victors victors over the Sydney Roosters. Uh, They'll have a very good year, you'd think.
0: It was an amazing match. We'll talk more about it a little later on. But first, we have to go to the big developing story of this week involving the Cronulla Sharks. The ongoing Asada investigation, rumours that 14 players maybe stood down, maybe accepting bans, could be six-month bans, could be two-year bans. Huge story unfolding, Matt. And for the very latest, we're going to talk to Brent Reid, the rugby league writer from the Australian Brent, welcome to the two halves. Can you just tell us what is the very latest that you know about what's going on at the Sharks?
3: Well, there's a lot of rumblings behind the scenes, Amanda, at the moment. There's talk that the NRL may intervene this this afternoon and perhaps put in some of their own people, to perhaps guide the ship a bit down there. We don't know whether that's happening at the moment, but as I said, that's the latest suggestion. But, you know, there's been so many rumours and so much speculation about what's going on at that club that it's hard to sort of separate the facts from the fiction a bit. But... You know, as of, as of right now, that seems to be what what will be the latest development perhaps. Um, in terms of the players, you know, the guys trained yesterday, the squad that was named earlier in the week trained yesterday. There were no extra players training with none of the under-20s, none of the New South Wales Cup players. So from that sense, and speaking of Shane Flanagan, he always said, I always thought the game would go ahead. So from that sense, I'd be very surprised if any players were stood down before the weekend.
2: Brent, big news particularly developing today, that it's not just impacting the Cronulla Sharks, there's also potentially other clubs involved, players that were part of that Cronulla squad in 2011 and are now playing with other clubs in the NRL. What, what's your information there?
3: Well, I spoke to Manly and Newcastle yesterday, and both those clubs said they hadn't been contacted by uh, Asada in terms of you know stepping up the investigation. Obviously, they're two clubs that have got some players who are at Cronulla in the past, particularly in that period in 2011. But you know, I think it's a systematic process where maybe Assata will finish off investigation at Cronulla first and then perhaps move on. I mean, today there's reports they've met with Shane Flanagan. I know this is and Yesterday they conducted in- interviews with some other officials at the club. Uh, today they're, they reportedly met with Shane Flanagan to talk to him. I think they'll get through that process and, and we'll sort this one out and then they'll move somewhere else. But I don't think in terms of the other clubs it's anywhere near, near the scale it is at, at Cronulla. Sorry.
0: Well, Brent, from what you've been gleaning over the past few days, how likely do you think it is that these players will be accepting those six-month bans?
3: Well, that's a difficult one, isn't it? I mean, I, you know, they'd have to put their hands up and admit they did the wrong thing, and I think they're pretty steadfast that, you know, if they did take something that they weren't supposed to take, they didn't know. And, you know, they're obviously in the hands of the club and the, and, and their high-performance staff and the medical staff there they're taking advice from them, and as far as... What they're saying is they didn't know what they were taking, they thought it was legal. Um, so, you know, it's almost an admission of guilt if they do that. Obviously, there's some, um, what's the word, lures on the table for them if they do do that. You know, there's obviously reports that the club will give them a, a one year extension on their contracts and they'll continue to be paid if they accept the six month bans. Um, I, I just, I find it hard to believe players will put their hand up and admit that because, you you know, as much as it's written that they didn't know what they were taking and they're innocent, this whole thing. There's still going to be some mud that sticks. If a guy puts his hand up and gets a six-month ban for, you know, taking the wrong substance, do you not think that will be referred to in the future in, in reports about certain players? I mean, of course, it will. It'll shatter them forever. So, I just find it difficult to believe that that they'll accept that.
2: Brent, the Cronulla Sharks have come a long way. Memberships up. It wasn't that long ago there was talk they'd be relocated to Adelaide. Like this is a real kick in the guts for a club who have come a long way. But what, what impact do you think this can have on the Sharks long term?
3: Oh, I think it's going to have a massive impact. I mean, obviously, we all know, Maddie, that they haven't got a sponsor for, for this season. They don't have a ground sponsor. So that's a massive hole in their budget. If this had happened two years ago, this club would be dead. Um, I think the other thing that this has shown is that there's a, a devoid of leadership at that club at the moment. There's no chief executive. Uh, the chairman, Damon Irvine, it's a part time position. He's overseas at the moment. Uh, you know, we saw Todd Greenberg with the Bulldogs with the Ben Barber situation come out a, a week or two ago and then high praise for the way he addressed the whole issue. That doesn't happen at Cronulla because no one's come out and addressed the issue. There's no face to this. Shane Flanagan's almost become the face, but that's not fair. I mean, he's the coach. He's not the CEO. Um, and, you know, what? I think what will happen down the track is, and obviously there's talk that this might happen straight away, that the, perhaps the NRL might stick a, a chief executive in there to take care of this whole thing. The other thing is, you know, it's been reported that in future grants, club grants will be tied to, to whether you've got the proper administration in place. And, and Cronulla might find that if they don't put a chief executive in place, they'll get money taken off them when, when it comes to their grant, which in turn will affect them financially, and they can't afford to have that happen.
0: Well, what do you think about the way the NRL has handled this then? Because all we've seen from them is one statement of a, a couple of paragraphs. Do you think that Dave Smith and the ARL Commission has handled this well?
3: Well, I don't think there's any doubt it's come to the point where they've got to be a bit more proactive. And I think maybe they're starting to realise that as well. I mean that's been the criticism of the, the new administration since Dave Smith came in, that perhaps they're not um, as aggressive on issues and as and, and, um, public as they should be. Um, you know, I don't think Dave Smith's done a press conference since, since this thing started. I, I, from memory, I'm pretty sure he hasn't. There's been a statement released and, and that's about it. But I, it's almost come to a tipping point where they need to do something. I think they're starting to realise that. And as I said, there's a lot of suggestions that they'll be proactive this afternoon and, and make a move on Cronulla and, and try and sort the whole mess out.
2: Brent, what about the Players Association? There's talk that these guys have been left defenceless. There's no one there sticking up for them and their rights. Uh, do they play a role in this?
3: Oh, well, I've got it. I they've hired an independent... Um uh, a senior counsel, uh, Andrew Tolman, I think his name is, to provide independent legal advice to not just the Cronulla players but any player implicated in this in this issue, uh, the ASADA investigation. I mean, it's been difficult for them because as of yesterday, I think they, they'd had trouble con- contacting anyone at Cronulla to find out what was going on. You know, So that makes it obviously difficult for the Players Association to get involved because they don't know what's going on either. But, uh, you know, they've obviously um, taken a step today. They've put a statement out saying that, Basically, the players, any players who are innocent in this and didn't know what they are taking, that needs to be taken into account if any punishments meted out. And they've obviously appointed or hired this, this senior council to help players where need be.
0: Now, before the season, a lot of people were tipping the Sharks for the top eight, possibly a top four berth maybe to win their first ever premiership. Do you think now with this cloud hanging over the club that can they really focus on footy now and perform to their best?
3: It's hard to believe, isn't it? I mean, as I said, I spoke to Shane Flanagan last night and he suggested the players have been great this week. You know, this sort of thing can go two ways. I think you can either galvanise a group or it can distract them and tear them apart a bit. I mean, I'd be worried if I had money on them to win the comp, to be honest. In fact, I'd be worried if I had money on them to win this weekend. I think Gold Coast is about $2.50. Uh, it's not a bad bet as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, to win the comp, it just seems so far off at the moment. They've just got to get through this week. Forget about what's going to happen in 30 weeks' time. It's about this week and getting through it and then dealing with next week because, you know, there's going to be more next week, I'd suggest. This isn't going to go away.
0: Well, we'll keep in touch with you. Brent Reid from The Australian, thank you very much for bringing us up to date. No worries, guys. Do you think that Lance Armstrong realised what a Pandora's box he was opening? No, because Lance only thinks of Lance.
3: Grandstand Digital. Hey
0: Gabby, how are you going? Good Frankie,
3: greetings from Glasgow. I've uh, spent the day here to watch uh, soccer sensations from Rogage. Francis Francis
0: Leach. So it's uh, once again a reminder that Facebook can be like just pulling your pants down in the town square.
2: It can be, so you've really got to be aware anything you do can be used against you in the court of Facebook. Join Francis Leach
0: Friday to Monday every week on ABC Grandstand Digital. This is The Two Halves on ABC Grandstand Digital. There we go. This is Amanda Shalala with you on The Two Halves, joined by Matt Logue talking. All things rugby league, the season kicked off last night. We had the South Sydney Rabbitohs in absolutely imperious form, winning 28 points to 10 over the Sydney Roosters. A great way to kick off the season for the Bunnies. Matt, what did you make of their performance?
2: Oh, it was very impressive, Amanda. Particularly led by Greg Inglis. We spoke about this guy in the off season. He's bulked up, he's gotten bigger. But it was his finer touches, for, I think, for three tries. They were pure class. South Sydney, very, very impressive. And young halfback Adam Reynolds, he was the Rookie of the Year last year. And there's always talk about second-year syndrome, but I don't think young Adam's going to suffer from that. He, he was certainly just so impressive, very tough. He, the Roosters targeted him a number of times, knocked him on the ground, bit of blood, bit of claret there, and they banged <laughs> him, in, You know, got him all right. He, and he played on, and he was class. So I, I think South Sydney are in for a really big, Season. The Sydney Roosters, maybe a little bit of a reality check that you sign quite well in the off season, but it will take time to glue.
0: Yeah, there was a lot of hype around the Roosters leading into this season. A lot looking at Sonny Bill Williams. They've got James Maloney as well. Michael Jennings, who made a couple of good breaks, but nothing really came off for the Roosters. The Bunnies, they just looked really slick. As you mentioned, Adam Reynolds, his kicking game was excellent. His short kicking game, his long kicking game as well. Even getting an elbow to the face didn't stop him, and he performed excellently across the board. So the Bunnies are probably at this early stage before last night's kickoff even, would have been my tip for the Premiership. Based on last night's performance they're going pretty well so far but let's hear from their captain Michael Crocker he spoke to Shannon Byrne after the game.
4: Michael Crocker first of all uh, a big win on su- such a great opening night so how did you see your team's performance?
5: Yeah, I think we'll be reasonably happy obviously we've got a lot of improvement in us and you know there's plenty of areas that I'm sure our coach will make sure we, we need to be we improve on through the week but yeah like I said it's good to get a good win like that first up and you know, pretty much a home game for us tonight we had a great great support here and you know, it's always good playing there
4: just touch on I guess uh, you starting on the bench was that always something that uh, you're on the bench and uh, you well, you came on the same time Sonny Bill Williams did
5: yeah I don't think that was just coincidence I think obviously uh, you know he, he that was his best option coming off the bench you know he's going to have to play himself into, into match fitness but you know the, I think the more he plays the better he's going to be he obviously showed really good signs out there tonight but you know like I said the more games he plays the better he's going to be
4: Just in terms of signs, um, it was noticeable that uh, probably your, uh, I guess, attempts at going for the ball in the air both defensively and offensively wasn't probably on tonight as well. Was that something that you were just uh, waiting to see the the drop of the ball or or that's something you really need to work on quickly?
5: Yeah, no, it's probably just something we need to work on, obviously getting ourselves in the positions at the right time and, uh, you know, just making sure our kicks are on the mark. But I thought our, our kicking game was good, but yeah, obviously there's improvement there in the air
4: just touched on Trent Merritt Uh, well what about Merritt three tries uh, we're having a bit of a joke David said uh, also uh, he's a top try scorer so far in 2013 but uh, you know there's some set plays there where they go through the hands and Inglis uh, try assists he's been pretty important tonight.
5: He's very skillful isn't he you know his his hands are impeccable and it just makes it easier for for the guys on the outside to finish it off but you know everyone, everyone does their job on those roles and you know Greg he's just doing that for us.
0: Shannon Byrne there with Michael Crocker, of course. Nathan Merritt scoring three tries for the Bunnies. Another one in that blistering backline, Matt, that has already lit up in round one.
2: Well, it wasn't that long ago that Nathan was dropped for a week for disciplinary actions. He He turned up late to training, and Michael Maguire is very set in his ways that way, and then discipline is important. And the senior playing group decided to drop Nathan for the charity shield, but he's certainly come back in style, hasn't he? He was very impressive last night. He's just got so much speed, and the Rabbitohs look so slick for uh, very, you know, it's round one, and, and they looked comfortable. It all flowed perfectly. Yeah, they're going to be very dangerous this year, and Nathan Merritt, well, I'll tell you, if you're a punting man, you'd want to get on him for a leading try scorer because he he might go very close.
0: They've got some lethal players out there. There was only one negative from South's point of view. Sam Burgess has been put on report for a Grade 1 careless high tackle on Mitchell Pearce. If he puts in an early guilty plea, he'll miss one match. If he fights that charge and he loses, he'll also miss the one game. But if he fights and wins, he'll be free to play next week. Speaking of Burgesses, though, what about George Burgess? He scored a barnstorming try. There's four Burgesses. That are at South Sydney at the moment. It's just incredible, isn't it?
2: Oh, it's fantastic, and no wonder um, Mrs Burgess is a permanent resident down here now. Like <laughs> that's so impressive. Like big George, that try he scored uh, was unbelievable he just palmed them off 20
0: guys hanging off him and just got rid of them (laughs) pure strength and
2: of of note too i think sam was also very impressive from a a physical nature point of view i thought he really set the tone for south sydney up front and and a quick mention i think to john sutton i thought john sutton had a great year last year and he backed it up again last night
0: let's look at the roosters side of things they've got a new coach they've recruited quite a few high profile players shannon spoke to their coach trent robinson afterwards well, uh, Trent. First of all, I guess,
4: uh, how did you enjoy your first night as uh, an NRL senior coach?
1: I could have enjoyed it more. It was, uh, yeah, a lot of, uh, lot of expectation around tonight, and um, yeah, we, we got well beaten in the end. They were they were a quality team, and they executed uh, their style of play really well, and, and we just couldn't go with them.
4: And, and that's, I guess, the question, you know, were you underdone or were they just better on the night?
1: Oh, no. Th- you know, We've well, been well prepared uh, for, a, I guess, a, a new style of player, a new regime. But, yeah, you know, I mean, Souths are a, a high-quality team and they've, they've continued on from where they developed over the course of last year.
4: And obviously, you know, they've got probably the majority of the same team from last season. You guys have recruited well, probably the best off-season. Yeah. Uh, talk about some of your recruits tonight, uh, Maloney and obviously the big one, Sonny Bill Williams and also Jennings.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, James, Jamie, James Maloney, yeah, I mean, he had a lot of defensive work to do. I th- thought we, you yeah, know, I mean, we starved ourselves of the ball as well as South did. Um, and that uh, he had some nice touches and combos, but probably not as many as what we would have liked. And we could have kicked better at different times as well. I thought uh, I thought Jennings defended really well, and then I th- thought he had some really strong carries. Thought he uh, thought his involvement was really good tonight. Uh, and Sonny, yeah, obviously um, big game for him coming back and relearning some old habits. Um, and it and it was good. He, I mean, he worked hard in defence, carried the ball well um, when he had had a chance, and yeah, he. It was it was a great 50 minutes for him to 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 relearn our game and get back into what we want to be at the Roosters. So it was it was nice to see him out there.
0: Roosters coach Trent Robinson didn't seem overly disappointed there. Matt, what do you think that the Roosters can take from that game?
1: Oh, they can take a
2: lot. They can learn a lot because the the level of expectation of where they've got to be this season is South Sydney's a bit of a gauge for them. Recruited sensationally well, but it will take time. A lot of new faces, and with combinations, you could see they were just a little bit rusty. I thought Michael Jennings, I agree with Robinson. I thought Michael Jennings was very involved. Just his last touch probably wasn't quite there. And Sonny Bill, so much hype (laughs) about Sonny Bill. I suppose when he left the game, he was playing on the edges. He's come back, and he's played in a role now where he's up the middle, and and that's completely different. He's probably blowing. His old lungs would have been puffing a fair bit, so... That'll take a couple of weeks, but I think the Roosters, they'll come good. Give them at least eight weeks, though. I think there's a lot of new faces there, but I do like James Maloney. I think he's a creator, and I think alongside Mitchell Pears, I think they can get some points for the Roosters. It's just a matter of that defence, and that's something, an area that the Roosters have probably struggled with for a number of seasons now.
0: Just on Sonny Bill, every year with the broadcasters, we see different innovations coming in. So Channel 9 tried something last night. I want to get your thoughts on it, Matt, because I don't know if I'm convinced. Uh, they, When Sonny Bill was getting ready to take his first hit-up, they played a little bit of a thought track.
1: Don't worry about the offload. Just get a win in the, in the tackle. That's what I'm thinking. The offload will come if I, you know, make a dent in the defence. Um Watch out for Roy Asatasi's shoulder. Shimmy, shimmy, left, left, right?
0: (laughs) So, Matt, what are your thoughts on having something like that? A little bit of, you know, his thoughts, what he's thinking before he's going to play.
2: Yeah, it's mixed views, I I suppose. (laughs) Like a number of fans. I think social media went crazy last night (laughs) after the match. I thought it was Russell Crowe. He wasn't up in the box. He was doing the voiceover, (laughs) but it was Sonny Bill. Oh, it was... It was weird. It was a bit different. Yeah. Uh, I suppose a lot of fans are thinking they're happy in some respects Sonny Bill's back because he's such a great athlete. But people still haven't forgotten, I think, yeah. the way he left our game. And ethically, uh, you don't leave your mates. So that's a, it's a bit disappointing. He didn't tell anyone. And I think people, it'll take time for them To forgive, and I suppose he's the front and center of every single campaign, you know, in the in the game. So I think some people are a little bit bitter about that, perhaps. But yeah, it was interesting. Uh, It'll be interesting to see if they keep it for the next couple of weeks.
0: We'll see what else will come. So South Sydney kicking off the season in fantastic style. It's great to have rugby league back to have a bit of a distraction from all this scandal, all this drama. This is the two halves on Grandstand Digital. Grandstand Breakfast, Francis Leach with you. The ESPN's Jason Bennett is on the ground where he's been all week covering what is America's biggest party. G'day, Jase. How are you coping?
4: I've been on the ground all week, Francis. There have been some times when I've actually been upright. <laughs> Francis Leach. Francis Leech. And I'm going to count, Francis, how many times we talk about Buddy Franklin this year.
0: Well, that was once. This is twice. <laughs> Join Francis Leach Friday to Monday every week on ABC Grandstand Digital. This is The Two Halves on ABC Grandstand Digital. Hello, Amanda Shalala and Matt Logue with you. Now we're going to have a look at the rest of the games in round one, starting with tonight the Broncos hosting the Sea Eagles at Lang Park. Matt, who are you liking in this one?
2: The Brisbane Broncos. uh, They celebrate their 25th year anniversary. Actually, they played the Manly Seagulls way back in 1988 up there in Brisbane. So a very historic occasion for the Broncos tonight. I think the emotion of that should get them home. Suncorp Stadium, what an unbelievable venue. Looking forward to seeing that throughout 2013. And I think the the Broncos should be too strong. Trialling new halves as well with Peter Wallace And Scott Prince. Scott Prince coming across from the Gold Coast Titans. So interesting interesting to see how they go. But the Broncos haven't won a premiership for a lot of years now. So I think the pressure's on big time. By their
0: standards. By their standards. (laughs) And
2: uh, there was a story recently in Rugby League Week where Steve Renoff actually said that they're tarnishing the club legacy. So the pressure on the Broncos and Coach Anthony Griffin to deliver this year. And I think they can start 2013 in style. The Manly Seagulls, though, a lot of injuries. Jason King, co-captain, he's out. Glenn Stewart on the edge is so important to their chances. So that's a blow for, for the Sea Eagles. They've got a pretty good record up there in Brisbane, though. So I'm expecting a close match, but I just like Brisbane, particularly at home.
0: Well, I'm with you there. I'll be tipping the Broncos as well in that one. Tomorrow night, we have the Parramatta Eels hosting the New Zealand Warriors, both looking for really big seasons this year. What do you think? Can it be the Eels year? We always think maybe this will be the year they'll break through for another Premiership. Could this be it?
2: Oh, I think Ricky Stewart would love to love to say that. But I think realistically the Parramatta Eels are a couple of years off. Recruited reasonably well. Darcy Lussick will from Manly will provide some starch up front. But realistically they've lost obviously Nathan Hindmarsh and Luke Burt. They're big experienced players. So I think Ricky knows that. But I think Ricky will bring a... A toughness to to Parramatta. I think he'll bring a discipline to Parramatta. So the blue and gold army should at, at least look forward to that. Take on a New Zealand Warriors side. Obviously Matthew Elliott's the new coach. He's gonna have a, an interesting time there because last year the back end of the year, Amanda, as you you you, you saw it, like yeah. they were very disappointing the yeah. Warriors.
0: Well, I think I would go with the Eels in that one too, particularly at home at Parramatta Stadium. And uh, they've got the three new co-captains, Tim Manor, Rennie Matua, Jared Hain. I think that's probably a good direction for the club when you lose someone like Nathan Hindmarsh, who's an absolute institution, not a bad idea to share the load. The other game tomorrow night will be the Ben Barbalos Bulldogs hosting the Cowboys in Gosford. Now, the Cowboys have had a lot of pre-season hype about them, a lot of people talking them up. But the Bulldogs, how hard is that Ben Barber loss going to hit them?
2: Yeah, I think it it will make a difference, no doubt. Ben Barber, Dally M medal winner last year, he he lit up the competition. He was sensational to watch. Steve Turner will go back to fullback, and I have no doubt he'll do a good job. But losing Benny is, is a big deal for the Bulldogs you're right about the Cowboys. Plenty of talk, and it's now time to walk, I suppose. They've got to get out there and do the job. But, geez, any side with Jonathan Thurston and Matty Bowen yeah. and that pack, Tarmow, Matt Scott, they bring back a number of players as well. Tom Alolo, the big Kiwi. Like, geez, they've got a good side, so... I think the Cowboys can cause an upset, particularly with Benny Barbera.
0: And the Bulldogs do have a couple of their big boppers missing as well. Pritchard and Sam Cassiano, who had a bumper year. They're not going to be playing either, so they're not just missing him. Their feared forward pack is not quite at full strength, although Tony Williams will be making his debut for his new club, one of Desi's recruits from the Seagulls. Let's look to Sunday's game, 2 o'clock. At Penrith, it'll be the Panthers hosting the Raiders. Maybe two unfancied teams this year. Not a lot of people thinking that they'll make the eight. Is that fair?
2: Yeah, I think it's probably fair. There are Canberra Raiders, they finished last season so well. They were fantastic to watch, particularly at that back end of the year. The Penrith Panthers, there's no doubt Phil Gould out there has got a plan, a long-term plan. They've recruited pretty well. I like Lewis Brown, Jeremy Lattimore. There's some pretty good signings. Where's Naguama? Not necessarily big name signings, but it's part of a plan. With this game, Canberra Raiders will miss Josh Dugan. He's he is out of this match. So. Yeah, and Croker. And Croker. So yeah, that's a that's a big blow, isn't it? I, I think the Panthers at home, but with no great confidence.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I'll go with the Raiders for just something different. Uh, Sunday afternoon after that game, three o'clock in Melbourne. The reigning premier, the Storm, taking on the mighty St. George Illawarra Dragons, but. I'm feeling it's not going to go too well for my Dragons. Your
2: Dragons, no. (laughs) They haven't won in Melbourne for 14 years, the the mighty Red V, and the Melbourne Storm. I suppose there could be an excuse for a bit of jet lag coming from the World Club Challenge against Leeds, but Craig Bellamy knows how to get his side ready for the Premiership, and I think Melbourne down there will be very, very hard to beat. A, A tough assignment round one for the Dragons.
0: The dragons are they going to make the eight this year? As a dragons fan, I want to know. In my heart, I really hope that we do, but the head says maybe not.
2: No doubt, it's a rebuilding phase down there at the dragons. I think there's a lot of pressure on Steve Price as well. They've missed, you know, similar to Parramatta, they've lost institutions really. Like you, know, you look at Ben Hornby and 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 Dean Young. Yeah, like both Bo, got Bo off to the Knights. And both got off to the Knights. They've lost a lot of experience, so. It will be difficult for the Dragons to make it, but a proud history. And fans, as you know, the the Mighty Red V, they turn up in numbers. So they'll have the support, but realistically, it may be a struggle.
0: The Storm looking really formidable this year. They've hardly lost anyone. They've still got the big three there. Uh, My heart will always say Dragons, but I know that you'll be going with your head. And tipping the Storm in that one, the Sharks versus Titans. We've talked to Brent about this a little bit. That's going to be at 6.30 on Sunday. Firstly, what do you think of having a 6.30 game on a Sunday
2: I think it's interesting. It's similar to the Thursday night time slot, I suppose. The 8 o'clock start, NRL trying something different. I think it'll be pretty good. I suppose it'll create a good atmosphere, because particularly in the twilight, you know, I think it'll be pretty good. As for the Sharks, well, we saw Bo Ryan the other night on the footy shows talking about it. It has been very difficult. It may galvanise them. We look back to the Melbourne Storm when they lost all their points a couple of years ago. That really fired them up, and they played pretty good footy. I think it'll be emotional on on Sunday out there at Shark Park. Really emotional.
0: Hopefully they get a good crowd out there as well to show their support there. Uh, But I'll probably tip the Titans for that one. Monday night, Newcastle Knights taking on West's Tigers. And we should say that... ABC Digital Radio will be carrying that game, and the ABC will have all games this year. So always tune in to local radio or go online to the website abc.net.au forward slash grandstand to tune in online and get all your rugby league fix. A quick tip in that one, Tigers or Knights?
2: I've got to stick with the Knights. I think they've recruited really well in the off-season. As we've mentioned, Bo Scott is there, Jeremy Smith, and I think Wayne Bennett knows how to win, and I think he's got a plan in place, so they should get that win up there.
0: All right, I'll go with the Tigers for something different. That is the first edition of the two halves for 2013. Thanks very much for joining us. We'll see you next week.